welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner and person who is no longer sick, Kelsey Loisel. Yay! Okay. Yeah, my allergies came back. That's how I know I'm not sick anymore. <laughs> and uh, with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek. <laughs> um, guess what? Chicken butt? Okay. <laughs> yes, we're bored now. We're all bored. <laughs> I'm sorry. And my ears itchy as fuck for no reason. You're so bored that your ears are itchy. Just one. Just, Just one? one ear. <laughs> scratch it. I did. No, but like scratch it with feeling. Gavrona. I don't feel anything. Yeah, you he do. said that word wrong. I know. Gavrona. No, it's B, not a V. Gavrona. Cabron. Cabrona. Cabrona. Mm-hmm. Carbona. Carvana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Wow, you really are not sick anymore because your voice sounds a lot smoother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so you can find us in all those places. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mark. Okay. Um, at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Also, I know my voice is smoother because um, I could sing earlier today. Mm -hmm. uh, And it didn't make me cough. (laughs) If you could please review us on any of the formats where you like to listen to our podcast, we would appreciate it. And our segments for the show this week are our recent review of The Menu. Our variety time, Bob Iger is in, Bob Chapik is out. And our geriatric cinematic, My Dinner with Andre. Mark. Yes. Well, Sturpik. Uh, wine and dining life with a side of chaos. Mm, mm. Yes. Sounds yummy. You know what I got in the mail like a couple days ago? Someone sent you poop in the mail? That's a weekly thing, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um... My my mother said I had uh, there was a package that, that was delivered to her place that had my name on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, um, I haven't ordered anything, so it might be from a studio, maybe sending me like a Blu-ray copy of something. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's it felt like it was like a DVD or something like that. I'm like, all right, it's not that important. I don't really care. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I've gotten Blu-rays and 4Ks from studios for me to like check them out or review them or kind of like a thank you or whatever um and most of the time i have them and i don't really watch the movies or i might watch them if they're streaming somewhere um so and there have been a couple of times where i've gotten a blu-ray that i did not request at all Mm -hmm. and i'm like "Uh, all right throw it away or some shit Mm -hmm. however this one so happy to see it because i completely i didn't remember requesting it but i'm so happy it was sent to me Mm -hmm. it is the 25th anniversary blue k uh it's not blue i'm gonna say blue k (laughs) 4k edition of starship troopers really yeah (laughs) 
and it's a badass fucking cover too. Like the cover, it's 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 uh like cartoon drawn, mm-hmm. but it's like skulls and they're wearing the helmets. So they're so they're the soldiers that's been died during the war and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't remember ordering this, but I'll fucking take it. I was like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. The funny thing is I don't have a 4K player. <laughs> oh shit. I thought don't the PlayStations? It has a Blu-ray player. The the oh. PS4 has a Blu-ray player. The PS5 has 4K. Well, you're lagging. I know, right? I with it, all of your millions of dollars, Mark. Yeah, all my hundreds of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because it's because like I don't really buy physical media uh, anymore, and unless unless it's like a criterion collection like something like that right but most of the stuff that i watch is either streaming or i can find other means to get a copy of it or new york ninja or new york new york ninja but see that one that one was definitely worth it yeah that one was definitely worth it definitely uh yeah you can't like you can't find that on amazon anywhere you have to go through like the special uh, vinegar syndrome website mm-hmm. to order it and everything like that so yeah, um, with this copy, I think I might get a four K a four K player. Now. <laughs> I think the price on those have gone down. Anyway, they have gone down a lot. Like, like how back in the day, a DVD player was like two hundred bucks or something mm-hmm. like that. You can get one essentially free now. I think four K is going down in price because I think eight K is. Yeah, yeah, eight K is like the the next format that's like starting to blow up and everything like that. Um, so I'm, so it's just a matter of like shopping around for the right 4k play. Cause there are some of the copies that I do have are that they've sent me are 4k. They come with a 4k disc and a blu-ray disc. Um, so like they do, so I have, like, I have a, I have a copy of, of, uh, an edition of the back to the future trilogy. And I think that's in 4k as well. Oh. Um, but I, I, like I said, some of these, some of these, I just haven't opened. They're just collecting dust and space and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I can stream that over there. Or I can stream it over here. And some streaming services, they stream in 4K anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'll just use that then. Gotcha. You yeah. should make a collage or like some wall art. Of what? With the uh, DVD covers. I wonder how I'd do that. I mean, I... Th- like make a big one because you might, you know, after you get enough of them. Uh-huh. And get them like matted or something. Oh, uh, okay. And put them up or like use like um, what's that glue? Gorilla glue. Mod paste. I don't. Even, I don't even know what that is. It's clear and uh, you, it's really sticky. Oh, okay. And you can put like them on each other and like make it fancy. But that's gonna damage the Blu-rays. That's gonna that's gonna damage the covers. They might be collectors' items. The ones that are not. <laughs> Most of them are not. Are you telling me that uh, a copy of Blade Runner 2049, a standard copy, was FA4? I feel I smelled something electronic for a second. What does that smell like? What is something electronic? Burning sm- plastic? Burning plastic. Maybe it's my, uh, maybe it's a copy of my <laughs> Starship Troopers disc that's somehow burning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Oh yeah, so like my copy of Blue Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, my just standard copy is not gonna, it's not gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna collect, it's gonna collect some value to it, mm. the standard store bought, mm. you know, non special edition, definitely of that. You know what? 
I have there have been certain things that I have bought that they're not necessarily collector collector items, but like they're Blu-rays I, I want to have for us to like marathon through. Mm-hmm. Like one is, I think I have all the Friday Thirteenth movies mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, and then the three Fly films, the re- like the original, the remake, and then the sequel to the remake. Oh, okay. Because I wanted you to watch. The- oh, because you've seen you've seen the Fly, mm-hmm. the the Cronenberg version, but you haven't seen the uh, the Vincent Price version. Um, and I haven't seen the sequel in years, and you, you definitely haven't seen that. Yeah. So they're still wrapped up, ready to be unwrapped. Yeah. Unwrap them. It's the time of unwrapping. Things. I know, right? Duh. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm tired of jabbering. What are you, uh, jibber jabber. Jibber jabber. You want to hop into our review? Mm-hmm. All right. What are we? Uh, what are we reviewing? What are we? What are we going to be talking about? We are going to do our recent review of The Menu. Is that going to fit everyone? Yeah, easily. 12 customers total. How do they turn a profit? Twelve fifty a head, that's how. What, are we eating a Rolex? It's one of his classics. You have to try the mouthfeel of The Mignonette. Please don't say mouthfeel. Tonight will be madness. Welcome. We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. We harvest, we ferment, we gel. They gel? We gel. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is going to be. You won't know till the end. Who are you? I am Margo. Why do you care? I have to know if you're with us or with them. The synopsis is a young couple travels to a remote island to eat and at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Directed by Mark Millaud. It's written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy. It stars Ralph Fiennes. Anya Teller-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. Mark Malloyd. Malloyd. No, it's pronounced Malloyd. Is it Malloyd? There's no Y after the O. I, I heard it pronounced Malloyd, but I could have, I could, obviously. My Malloyd. Maybe it's Mark Malloyd. 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 Mark Malloyd. Yes. <laughs> That's you. That's me. Mark Malloyd. Mark Malloyd. Um, all right, so the menu. Um... Y- you want to hear something kind of funny? Yeah. I went in this movie blind. Oh, okay. I I, I, I don't recall watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, we I, have seen the trailer multiple times. Have we? Mm-hmm. Some, for some reason, I'm blanking on it. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, has it, I guess it's been in front of other stuff we've seen in theaters? Mm-hmm. I don't recall, I don't recall much of it, like, or beforehand. All I remember is, like... Maybe because the trailer was so stealthy, stealth, stealthy, stealthy, whatever. Um, and like hiding like what the movie was about and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that maybe it's just like, whoosh, like washed over me or something. It, it did do that. It was like, I knew there was some mystery there when I watched the trailer, but like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was going to be a good movie or not. Yeah. Because I didn't know what it was about. Yeah. Um. So what do you think of this? What did you think of this movie? I love this movie. 
Why? Um, Why? First of all, I love Ani Teller Joy. And you, you just enjoy- about everything yeah. except for that fucking X Men movie. What about <laughs> what about that great sci fi film that we that we were test screening on? Oh no. Nah. <laughs> That was my my first experience with her. That movie Morgan. Shit. Woo. Woo. That's a story there. Anyway, go so go on, go on. Um. So yeah, it has her in it, and she mm. does great. Mm. I love how they they played with um. Like the the chef in the in the film. Oh, Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Ralph Fiennes. Actually. No, no lie. He says he, he says his name is actually pronounced Rafe Fines. I'm not even joking. Actually, I I would, um, uh, I would believe that. Okay. Because even his last name doesn't sound like doesn't look like Fines. I know Finis or some shit like that. It looks like Finis. Finis. Ralph Finis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh. So so Rafe Fines. Uh. You enjoyed his his performance. I did. Mm. But I'm talking about like. How he was written, mm-hmm. as well as how he he acted the character. He he kind of acted like a more calmer Voldemort from the Harry Potter films. Really, I felt like he he acted like a calmer version of that because he was like sadistic in this movie and like evil, um, but not like cartoony evil and stuff like that. No, he was the scary kind of evil that's so calm that you know you're gonna die. Yeah, exactly, Voldemort. <laughs> Like, even if you just look at me, like, you do that to me all the time. I know I'm going to die. Do I really? No. Oh, damn it. Not doing it right. <laughs> I can't believe you believed me. What? I don't know. Sometimes I'm, like, spaced out and, you know. Well, I can I might... tell the difference between spaced out and you're going to kill me. No, 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 no. Like, I'll be I'll be spaced out, but, like, my face is doing something else than what I'm thinking about. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking of something sad, like, hey, you know, smiling and shit. I'm like, oh, he's in a great mood. <laughs> Like I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> um, okay, so what was about it about the uh, since you mentioned about he, how he was written? What did what did you like about how the character was written? Um, I like that you knew he had issues up front, mm. and you knew what they were, yeah. so that you could focus on the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. His his character kind of comes off as somebody who's like, um. That's on the brink of like of a nervous or a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I like that they didn't write him as like someone who was so great and so amazing that couldn't deal with life anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like, but I felt like I felt like you kind of got that from the viewpoint of of um, Nicholas Holt's character, who mm-hmm. was essentially like the fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of got that anger, that angle of like. This character, this guy, could do no wrong, or no matter how sadistic, he, no matter how sadistic he's like treating the people around, mm-hmm. him, he could still do no wrong. Yeah, but they definitely didn't write the character that way. Yeah, where he definitely has some issues. Yeah. Um. I also like how <laughs> I like the chef's interaction with uh the um the character Margot, which is Anya Teller Joy. Mm-hmm. I really like how that played out you talking about like the rest of the the chef people or no um chef slovic okay and margo oh yeah like their interaction back and forth and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was i i thought it was i actually thought it was really cool how he was able to like pick up on her 
like he was like, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. And he, he was, you know, she was like, oh, I'm Margot. He's like, no, no, no. Like, who are you? You know, like he knew something about her that obviously the, we, the audience, didn't know. Mm-hmm. But he was able to like pick that up. And he it was able to go on a deeper level of like, no, no, like really like who the fuck are you? Like, think about it and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So in a way, that interaction between the two starts kind of getting like philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> about like, who are we? <laughs> know thyself and everything like that. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Um, And then some of the... Th- <laughs> The chefs that mm-hmm. he's working with, mm-hmm. like I know, I know that the service industry gets a lot of uh, hate sometimes for like how sous chefs and below are treated, and like yeah, it can be a very abusive uh, trade. So I feel like it was kind of a play on that, but like mm-hmm. one of the chefs was like, "I, I did this thing," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why?" Oh, you're talking about the female chef? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And also, like, with with um, Chef Slovak and how, you know, how he runs his kitchen, I'm just like, how can how can they follow him? Th- that's the thing. Um, that's the thing. It's... I, that, that's the thing. I think the film is... I think one of the messages that the, that the film is is showcasing is, like, the idea of, like, of fandom and obsession and like following your idols <clears throat> to the bitter to the bitter end like for example how like there are people let's say for example like um let's just say like elon musk right mm-hmm. who's running twitter into the ground and he there is clearly this dude like doesn't know what the fuck he's doing he's like setting the setting the shit on fire and his fanboys are like oh you're so the greatest i still like love you you know like Sending that con that like they follow him and they follow they follow him to like to the better end, right? Mm-hmm. And but like there's no need to follow like the the dude doesn't need your defense, and it's like how these chefs are obsessed with this uh, with uh, Ray Fine's character, um, and how they follow him to the better end. I kind of feel like that's more more Nicholas Holt's character. Yeah, he's, and not he, so much the chefs because mm-hmm. that would be like saying everyone who stays at Twitter is more like the chefs that are under him, as opposed to the fanboys who are because because you have to have a personal stake in it if you're going to work under someone like that. Mm-hmm. It's not just like fanboy obsession. I think from almost any of them, it's like the need to be a part of something greater yeah. and and working yeah. not not like. Just watching from afar and loving it, but actually being a part of it. Yeah. So I. So with that, I, I'll say that's. I'll use. I'll use your explanation as to explain like the the sous chef's uh, obsession with the with with chef Slovak Slavic Slavic um, with their obsession with him, and then the Nicholas Holt character who's the fanboy but he's from the outside perspective he's the snyder bot <laughs> he's the snyder bot exactly he's the snyder bot he's the fucking snyder bot exactly um yeah he don't care who he hurts or anything like that he just and he's just fucking cupping his balls and shit like that and be like yes i want more and everything like that mm-hmm. yeah totally totally um what did you think of the rest of the cast um like for example there's the like the the review lady yeah yeah uh played by 
Uh, I think it was Ju- Judith Judith Light. Mm-hmm. I think that was her. Her yeah. and oh no no Judith Light no that was that was the she was part of the married couple. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Janet Janet McTeer, who played Lillian. She was the uh, reviewer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed her performance, and I thought it was interesting how her and the guy that she was with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, other characters too, but I think they stuck to it the most. Mm-hmm. Did not know how to behave any other way than what the, how they behave. Like what, like snobby or like just uh, critiquing food and everything. Like mm-hmm. everything was for show. Everything was for you know the, they had to dissect everything and they couldn't just be in the moment at all ever. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're when you're analyzing, it's so funny because like. When you're analyzing something, what? Just for some reason, me turning you into a grammar Nazi popped into my head right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the fact that you can't stop analyzing now, like, like anything written. Uh, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It, 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 and that's the thing. It could, that, I mean, you could, you could apply that to like the, the Janet McTeer, Janet McTeer character, Lillian. You can, you can apply that. And, and even, um, Paul Adelstein, who plays Ted, uh, you can apply them to like film criticism, you know, where it's our job, you know, even though like we're like we're we're analyzing the film too and criticizing it or critiquing it. Um, you can watch something, analyze it, and completely like just not and miss the point. Yeah, miss the point, or just not like fully absorb it. You know, mm-hmm. you're just like not like you, but like the royal you, like. Just watching it and be like, oh, I don't like how they did that angle, or I don't, I, that delivery was wrong, or this character makes no sense, stuff like that. It's just like, no, 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 like just just watch the movie, just watch the movie, just kind of enjoy the journey, you no, know, you, see it as a whole. You yeah. made a comment um, a few years ago about mm-hmm. how you had done so many reviews and so many articles. It felt like every time we went to watch a movie, whether it was in the theater or like we went to an event, mm-hmm. you're like, I just feel like I want to watch this one. Mm-hmm. And just watch it. I don't want to be writing notes while I'm watching the movie. I don't want to have to write a review on it later. I just want to sit and enjoy it because I never do that anymore. Yeah, and I and to tell you the truth, I've been kind of taking a step back, even from Screen Geek, where I'll do a review here and there and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, it, it had gotten to a point where it's just like I couldn't just watch something just to like fucking watch it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even and as you're when I would like analyze something, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss the point, but like I would kind of come to a conclusion, write about it, like review it, and then almost completely forget about it. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. like my brain's just like, let's pump that out and then let's go on to the next Or assignment. I would find that you were missing some really great scenes. Mm-hmm. So you get like the bullet points, but you're not getting the experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, that can be said for like said for the lily and the ted character like even like when the food is like brought to him for the first time they're like critiquing the fuck out of it and like there's like a running gag like this a particular dish that's like supposedly not to be broken or some shit like that mm-hmm. and like they're like oh yeah that's like broken right there yeah it just totally ruins the meal and they and then there's the running gag within the <laughs> within the movie when they bring like a new plate and they're like look it's not broken 
And then they bring another one. Like, as you see, this one's not broken either. Like in like how they. Oh no, they were they were saying it is broken here. Here's more broken. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like an emollient or something. Yeah, something like that. And that was like a that's like a little side gag that I was like, ah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the characters that I thought was, it was, uh, sorry, characters that were so annoying were were like the bro dogs. Um, Rob, the play by Rob Yang, Arturo Castro, and uh, Mark Mark Saint Cree. Mm-hmm. They play the characters of Bryce Soren and Dave, and how they were like, "Oh, we like we own this guy, you know, because we work for this one particular guy who who pays the bills and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. And so those characters really were like, "Oh, those are like the." asshole rich boys who who want to eat somewhere because it's popular and who can also think that they own the world and Mm -hmm. like even when it's futile don't know how to do anything different other than try to tell people what to do yeah exactly exactly like you can tell that when they get older they're probably gonna like blow their brains out because they'll be like nothing my life has amounted to nothing but just money yeah (laughs) yeah like um, you know they've all raped at least five women <laughs> Jesus, fuck. that's how i feel like their energy was yeah <laughs> uh so going back to the writing i thought the writing was i thought the writing was actually was really good because it like balanced like this level of like horror and like comedy mm-hmm. in certain times in certain certain ways especially like how the way ralph fines would like deliver certain lines or sorry ray fines would deliver certain lines mm-hmm. there were like moments where uh, where I kind of like chuckled, but I was like, oh, that was just like a smart joke. Yeah. Uh, like there's this really great line. It's not a spoiler or anything like that, but there's this really great line where one of the characters, um, he has a, he has a character about how, how she got to school and he didn't like her answer. He was like, you're going to die. <laughs> which, I, which I enjoyed very much. Um, so before we get into the spoiler section. Mm. Do you have any thoughts of what this movie was trying to say? Um, I think it's about the bastardization of any art form, really. Not just cooking, but of any art form yeah. by people who think of themselves as either deserving mm. or a fan of something. Mm. And how um, it never leaves the artist or the artwork untouched. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll even add a little bit more about how how the artist can like just lose his passion for for his art form. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like it to, to tell you the truth, I was I was actually going through this myself fairly recently, where I started thinking like, do I still? Because I've been I've been pursuing this career as a writer, you know, whether it's writing for film or just some, something that allows me to to be creative in the form of, in my writing. Mm-hmm. And I even got to this point where, like, I have this job. I have this, like, this regular nine to five job where I write, but I, it's not really a field I want to write in. And it's not what you really want to write. It's not what I, yeah, it's not what I really want to write. So then I'm like, OK, well, let me start searching for for a job where. I can really uh, flourish, you know, and be creative in my writing. Um, and I, uh, but I got to a point where I was like, well, do I still want to do it? Like, do I still want to write for a living? Cause I don't know. I feel like I'm like losing that passion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so like I so the with the with the Ray Fox character of him like losing his passion for like cooking, I was like, or the feel of it, the joy of it, and everything like that. I was like, oh, I'm feeling that one mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say though that like it kind of kicked back up my my passion for writing kicked back up, especially after you and I had like a couple discussions about like you should do this, you should try this out, and this how you should expand on your writing. I also think it's funny because you only ever think about that when you're depressed. Exactly. So how I and was like, huh, I'm seeing a pattern and you're like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, it's that time of the year where my depression fucking spikes and I have to find ways not to be depressed. <laughs> no, I know that. But I'm saying anytime you say anything about what should we keep doing the podcast? Yeah. It's always because you're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. You got a problem with that? Yeah. Okay. Stop, stop suggesting it when you're depressed. Well, it's, well do your do your best to make sure I'm not depressed. I'm putting mm. that. I'm putting the onus on you. Mm. Well, you should go talk to your own Ionis. Oh shit! Oh, really? Made me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. You want to hop in the spoiler section? Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're gonna get into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk in great lengths about uh, Mark Malods. Uh, <laughs> I think the, it's Mylod. Mylod. Or Millid. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's, it's my. Lude. No. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled uh, for the menu, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. one of the characters that you were just happy to see die or uh-huh. the, the most happy to see die well the the guy who was like the actor john leguizamo yeah <laughs> you know he based that character on steven seagal did he really yeah because Steven Seagal is a piece of shit <laughs> i did not know that yeah but also um <laughs> he always plays like an annoying ass character yeah, he, he has done that in the past. Like, a lot of his stuff is like that. I think mm. when he is serious, now I can't take him serious. Oh, okay. Because I I just remember him being stupid as uh-huh. fuck. I, I, I did enjoy his character. I like that part. It was so fucking fine to me. I like that part where, where uh, Ray Fine's character is, like, telling everybody, like, essentially why they're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And the, and then the John Leguizamo character, he was like, "I saw your movie, Doctor Sunshine. I had it was my one day off in months, and I saw it, and that movie was god awful. And that's the reason why he was gonna kill him just because of that. That was hilarious. Um. Oh, well, how about this? What did you think of the um? What did you, what did you think about the food design? Like I don't like I'm 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 curious about this because like sometimes whenever I watch a movie that food is the subject mm. I I walk out like hung <laughs> I walk out hungry. And this time you didn't, did you? You're in my stomach. Oh yeah, I did. But yeah. you were already hungry because you just needed to eat. Well, that's the thing. Like I didn't realize I was hungry until I think <laughs> I think my stomach grew eyes and like saw the movie and that's why that's why it was like <laughs> like I, it was so loud I swear. That it was part of the movie. Oh, like, really? like they gave it a microphone <laughs> and it was like an interactive movie with Mark's stomach. I know. Probably some of the people in the audience or in, in the theater with us was like, 
fuck what the fuck was that <laughs> and gremlin's gonna come out of mark's butt i hate that i hate when my stomach acts <laughs> up like that especially when i'm at work that happens to you at work there are times where like either i'm hungry or it's gas and my stomach is like i'm like i hope nobody heard that <laughs> you should take uh you know bino or uh try the pepto or something it doesn't happen often enough. I try. I normally carry like soda water with me so I can burp it out. Mm. Now burp it out. Now oh burp it god. out. Oh my god. Um. Oh, so anybody? Um. Um. Any any further detail you want to go into the performance? Like I know you said you like Alan Taylor Joy's performance. What did you? What what um, specifically did you enjoy about her performance? Now that we're in the spoiler section. Um. I like how she emotes always like mm. you can see everything that she's thinking even if she doesn't say it i think because her eyes are so expressive like she's I got them so. huge ass eyes yeah mm. it's so funny like her face shouldn't work because her eyes are so wide set mm-hmm. but it just makes her look even prettier somehow yeah definitely like rihanna rihanna's eyes are like that too mm-hmm. in a way but yeah, not not as um not as uh much as Ani taylor joys but yeah um, so she is there and she's totally unimpressed by food and like the idea of even being there. Yeah, and the whole, the whole culture of like, you know, these like special dining, uh, dining spots and stuff like that. Mm. Mm. And, um, throughout the night mm. she starts to understand where the chef is coming from mm-hmm. and, um, you know, along the way, it's not like, oh, she knows where he's coming from, so she feels sorry for him. It's more mm. like she knows where he's coming from, and she knows that she shouldn't be a part of it. Like, finally recognizes that. Mm. Um, and I like you can see her thinking about how to get out of it, or like she didn't give a shit about her boyfriend dying. Yeah, but, which, which that which come to find out that wasn't her boyfriend. Right, that was a guy who, because she because 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 she's an escort, mm-hmm. and the guy essentially paid her, um, to come with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it's funny because like that character, the Nicholas Holt character, you like I remember I was I was with him because I was like okay he's he's not, um, he's not of a upper class like the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. that are at this dinner so i was with him right and then when he was like calling her stupid and telling her to shut up i was like okay that's kind of a dick move mm-hmm. and then how how it's revealed that he knew all this was going to happen mm-hmm. that everyone that people were going to die that's when i was just like oh really fuck this <laughs> fuck this guy completely yeah yeah i wonder if that's the reason why his actual girlfriend didn't show up yeah they never get in they never get into that. I think like you kind of get a sense that they might have had like a falling out, but they never re- even say that. You just kind of assume that the, that they broke up. I could have swore they said that they broke up or something. Or but maybe he did on purpose so that she wouldn't come with him to the thing. I don't even want to give that guy that much credit. Yeah. Cuz I mean cuz I mean like what's what's that to say that you're like, okay, I'm you know, what's that to say to this about somebody who's like, okay, I don't want him to go with this because I know a certain danger, but I will go ahead and replace him with somebody else instead, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, he, he, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, just just to kind of make it up or something. Maybe the girlfriend found out and was like, "Fuck this." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and she dipped out. Yeah. Um, that makes more sense than what I said. <laughs> one one thing I do have to uh, complain about this movie is I kind of thought the ending didn't really work for me. Um, and I and I think the reason why is because like it's leading up to this idea of like. Um, these people are going to die because they are like, they are, they are the prop. They are a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like the embodiment of what is wrong with the food industry mm-hmm. business, you know, including Ray Fine's character. Um, and not just food, but any service. Yeah, really, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like how these characters, like I said, these characters are going to die because, like, they, yeah, they're the embodiment of what's wrong with, with this world and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a form of punishment and stuff like that, right? And that's revealed, like, kind of before the third act, mm-hmm. okay? So, like, in a way, I felt like that whole reveal got came a little too soon. Like, if maybe they stretched it out into the ending to kind of have us go like, oh, okay, cool. That's like your final message, right? Because it seemed like the rest of the time it was like, okay, well, then how's Alan Taylor Joy going to get out of here? That's what I, that's what the movie is about. I honestly think I don't mm. have a problem with it mm. because if, since they let it out so early, what, what was going to happen, mm. um, you could have fun with the ways in which he was causing trouble. Mm, okay, okay. As opposed to being coy. And then you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Oh, okay. So, so you're thinking that like, okay, like the reason why the message was kind of delivered before, like kind of at a, at a certain point was because they can just enjoy, like we can just enjoy the rest of like the chaos. Yeah. Okay. Like we yeah, can, can watch can the, can the train wreck. I can see that. Okay. Um, and also I think one of the issues that I had though mm-hmm. was, Anya Taylor Joy. It it just felt like a, a like a weird turn and like a weird writing. It still works, but I and I can't put my thumb on why it, it just feels a little off to me. Mm-hmm. Is when um, Anya Taylor Joy told him like, "Okay, I want a burger." Yeah, and that and he got his joy back, and then she leaves. Like, mm-hmm. and it just to me was just odd and out of place in a weird way. <sighs> I think like I get it and it works yeah. and I and I'm I don't hate it. I just mm. just something is like it needs a little salt. <laughs> <laughs> and, as what will be put on my on my tombstone mm. needs more salt. Um, see, that's funny because I didn't have a problem. I never I actually didn't have a problem with that because I think as the movie as the movie develops, we see that like Anya Taylor Joy is a bit more. She's a lot more observant of her surroundings, as these people who are either very um, absent-minded or they're very just like, I don't give a fuck. Give me what I want. You know, they're kind of that, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what that's what that's that's another part that kind of leads into like the connection between Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy's character and how they're. They're they're not in the same business, but they understand each other because mm. it's they still go through the same bullshit, you know. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember when we were leaving the theater and we were talking about this movie. I said I had said the food industry, food industry servers are like prostitutes. They're mm-hmm. they're almost the exact same thing where. Uh, you as the customer sees them for like a short amount of time. You pay them for their service. They take your abuse and they're just supposed to smile and be like, "Thank you for coming," you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Literally, uh, pun intended. You know, yeah. Um, 
so they so they have even though one is one's like I said one's food service one's uh, an escort they're still like of the same mindset so I think that was like leading up to that moment where Anna Taylor Joy sees the picture Ray finds at a young age with the employee of the month and he's like has that burger and that huge smile mm-hmm. she was just were able to connect the dots like oh I think I know how to get to him right how to reach him and what Ray finds sees is like when she's like oh I, I want a burger. I think one is one is partially it was like a manipulation because she was like I know how to tap into him, mm-hmm. but two I think it was allowing it was her giving Ray finds that opportunity to be like, oh yeah I experienced joy once before, mm-hmm. but as as like true life is you 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 experience joy for that second or that five ten fifteen minutes or something like that whatever length of time and you're like all right back to reality. Or it's not even just that. It's like the joy you used to experience mm. was a simpler time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was and then sim- as you get more into the thing that you want to learn about, mm-hmm. it just the joy gets taken out of it as time goes on. Yeah, it, and that's and that's true. And that that can be said about that can be said about anything that you get into. Like even like when I was younger and like getting into film, I and just enjoyed everything because there was like this mystery behind it how is that made this whole like oh my god did they how they do that angle or how they do this and then once you get like behind it it, it there still can be a level of like wow that's how they did the shot or that's how they accomplished this or that's how they got to the story and then other times you're just like oh the hollywood business is very fucking dirty mm-hmm. like it's some nasty ass bullshit some serious backstabbing you know working as a pa can be like rough as fuck and everything like that uh, um production assistant which is why i was surprised that you said you wanted to be one because i'm like okay because like everybody everybody kind of start especially if you don't come into the business already like waving your script around like i'm the next you know great writer and shit like that you kind of start at a level of and that's a lot of there's a lot of film teachers have told me they're like well you start as a pa or you have to start in like working in the office Mm-hmm. Then you then you start hearing about certain jobs are opening or certain people are like, oh, I need a writer or meeting or making the right connections. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, cool. We'll like build this project up. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> in, in terms of like, PA, I'm kind of not really too worried to like, try it out. But if it doesn't work, then I'm like, all right, well, I can always fall back on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did like that moment. Where, where he was cooking that burger, mm-hmm. that's that's that 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 what's it called tranquil moment of just being like oh everything is everything is at peace. Mm-hmm. Those are the moments that I go through when I cook, mm-hmm. and like and I and I don't cook often, but when I do, I'm just like oh this is like therapy right now because yeah. I'm like focused on this. So so those things that those things I was actually enjoying that. I like that scene too. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I really think it's funny that he had his mother there. Oh, I know, right? I I feel like that should have been explored a little bit more. I don't I don't think so cuz he won enough into it that she was trash or whatever and um had her there for that reason and mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> like cuz I felt like you really just wanted to focus on the chaos and how everyone else was mm-hmm. feeling about their situation. <sighs> Like I said, I say yeah, but I I don't know. I feel like there's like a deleted scene that goes like, like a tiny bit, like a like like her bit. talking or something. Yeah, or maybe like he gets like a little bit more detail of like of like his his upbringing. 
yeah. a little bit more. I'm not saying I'm not saying like that entirely fucked up the movie or like oh my gosh to make the movie a whole lot better, but I would have liked seeing that. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? What else? I know you wrote down what I said earlier. Oh yeah, I'm the- sorry. Yeah, the female chef uh-huh. uh, who was like, I came up with this idea to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. What was your? You said that was an issue with you, or? Um. No, not that it was an issue, but I was like, I just don't understand why. Like her and the guy before her that shot his brains out. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why are you there if you know you're gonna die? And why would you even suggest it? I think it's just like a cult-like mentality. I mean, even oh like, well, yeah, that makes sense. And and, and like because there's there's that part where they go through the sleeping quarters, and it's like a cult setup where it's cots, um, it's a open open room toilet, you mm-hmm. know. There's no like comfort. Yeah, like, they work all the time. Like, you know, it, it, it was very cult-like mentality. Yeah. So, um, even, even like, uh, the character um, Hong, Chiu, Hong Chao, who played uh, Elsa, um, even, her, even her thing was just, like, like the part where uh, the chef was like, oh, there's supposed to be a barrel here, but it looks like somebody forgot it, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh Margo, why don't you go get it? And Elsa was even like bothered by that. That she was like, "Oh, I fucked up. Oh, I fucked up. Oh, I fucked up." Mm. In that kind of way. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's very cult-like mentality. Even, even the Nicholas Holt character was like, kind of falling into that as well. Mm-hmm. This guy can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious about what did the Ray Fiennes character t- tell him. Because remember, he whispered something in his ear that he oh, to go hang himself. Yeah. I'm very curious about what he said. He probably just told him to go do that. Like, he's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and probably the best thing he could do for him and, and his art is to die. <laughs> yeah. So he probably went to do that. Um, one thing I'm surprised they didn't go. Surprised they didn't go to cam- cannibalism. Like, I don't know. Like... Like if 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 they kind of wanted to go a little bit more demented, and he's like serving them like body parts and stuff like that, and obviously they didn't like they wouldn't know until like he tells them later. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Like I see what you're saying, but I'm not surprised mm-hmm. because then he would just be a glorified Hannibal Lecter. Yes. So like, and I don't think his issues really stem from that type of psychosis. It's mm-hmm. more like there's no purpose anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I would, I would have seen it like if they did go that route. I would have seen it as like, you guys would just eat anything and say it's good. Yeah. If if they went there, obviously they didn't. You know, which I'm like, okay, I commemorate them for for not doing that. Um, you mean commend? Commend, yeah, sorry. Commemorate, commemorate. is like, uh, like almost like a memorial. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, well, but yeah. but for living people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um. I, I, I did there's there I I don't know if you caught it. I think you did. There's that one part that was I thought was really fucking funny where they had uh they had shown the ingredients for s'mores. And oh, it yeah. was like uh, ingredients is like guests and like chefs. Oh yeah. In the ingredient. What's one it was funny, but at the same time it was like, yo, where you find like what like what does your character have against fucking s'mores? S'mores are bomb as shit. <laughs> He was like, well, he explained up. it to you. Uh, yeah, I know, but I was like, damn, like, were you 
were you burned by us more? Like, what happened? <laughs> what happened with that? I like his, he was like, military-grade crackers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's ragging on it. Um, oh, yeah, and unethical mm-hmm. chocolate. Yeah. Which, unethical. just a little plug for rotten. I know I've talked about that before, but uh, they go over chocolate and how unethical it oh, actually is. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Did you watch all of those or just some of them? No, you, I, just watched, I just watched the ones that you showed me. Oh. But those were like really good. Like, what did was you the, see the one with chocolate? Yeah, you showed me the one with chocolate. Oh. Um, there was another one you showed me that was pretty good. I think it was the coffee one. There was. Oh one. no, water. Water. The water one was really fucking good, and that was really fucked up too. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. it was something about. Um, I can't remember what he said about the marshmallows. I don't remember that. Oh, what what it refined said? Yeah. The marshmallow. No, I don't remember what he said. But it was funny. Um. So all in all, do you think this movie's worth checking out? Yeah. Yeah, I, I almost want to own this one. Oh, really? Yeah. This this is like one of those like uh those like very adult movies, and I'm not saying like adult like rated X, but like adult like you have to be you actually kind of have to be grown up to like understand what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you like you have to have been like through some things. You need to be like in your late twenties at least. Yeah, and kind of like experience through life and stuff like not and not necessarily like you have to be at these like fancy dining restaurant to get it, but like you just have to be able to be a like pay attention to people and yeah. If you're not good at paying attention to people, you probably mm. will never get it. But yeah. if you can like look at a crowd of people and be like, fuck, <laughs> then you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I also said like you should definitely check it out. It was a, it was a good movie. There was the part where that dude, um, I forgot his name, but the guy who blew his brains out. Mm-hmm. When that happened, like my I, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I th- and that, that's what makes me think. I like, remember you saying that to you. Like, oh shit yeah and that's that's what makes me think like i don't remember seeing a trailer for this movie and that's what's like oh this is getting oof all right this is gonna get good this yeah. is gonna get dark and fucked up <laughs> um all right uh what do we got next next we are going to do our variety time <laughs> If you haven't heard by now, Bob Iger is back in again, which feels like the third time. And mm-hmm. Bob Chapek is out. I know I told my dad when uh, uh, when on the day that it happened or we got the news. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> my dad was happy. <laughs> yeah, your day. And he was like, how do you know? I'm like, it's in the news. I'm like, me and Mark are kind of celebrating. He's like, okay, have one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because your dad, your dad is, he's a, is he a huge Disney fan? Because I know he likes the theme parks. Mm. He likes the theme parks. Mm. I think he's okay with the movies. I don't think he's really about the movies. I think he mostly just loves the parks. Oh, okay. Okay. And he likes, uh, like, like Mickey Mouse and stuff. Like, he made these god-awful glasses that he's so fucking proud of. They're like sunglasses. Mm Mm-hmm. And and he makes like um they're like three D printed stuff three right? D printed like you know shot glasses that mm. are Mickey Mouse or whatever yeah um but yeah so he he was pretty happy uh yeah so what came out um this past Sunday night is that Bob Chapek who was the CEO of Disney was kicked to the curb by Bob Iger. Um, 
So there was a quote from uh, Susan Arnold, chairman of the board uh, for Disney, had said, uh, we thank Bob Chapek for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through an unprecedented challenges of the pandemic. Um, she continues, the board was has, has, has concluded that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex parody, period of industry transformation, uh, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through uh, this pivotal period. Um so this is there there was a number of things that Bob Chapek had fucked up badly mm-hmm. um during his 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 tenure as his uh, short tenure his very short tenure CEO one is that he he got this job and the pandemic hit like hard mm-hmm. <laughs> so the parks were closed um from there was an earnings call where it was it was pretty mishandled on Bob Chapek's part where he had said that that Disney had lost about $25 billion in the, the, for the year, mm-hmm. but he followed it up like with, Oh, but there's going to be like a great, uh, you know, spooky Mickey mouse Halloween celebration next year and shit like that. It was, it was very odd. Like what? That's very inappropriate to like bring this up that, and Disney is like losing money. Um, so I found this article. Um, I think it was. I think it was like. Let me see. Yeah, it was CNN had published this article. Um, in the article, uh, it said investors cheered the news, sending Disney shares up nine percent uh, Monday after the stock has lost roughly 36 percent of its value this year. Um, all right, so. There was there was uh one of the biggest things that kind of like really took a that Bob Chapek really took a dent to his his tenure. Um, one was like the Scarlett Johansson thing mm. with with Black Widow. Yep, that was a very public incident where um, the movie was released streaming. Uh, like it took a hit on the value of the movie, like uh, the box office numbers and stuff like that, and even when. Um, Scarlett Johansson like had released a statement. Bob Chapek had released a statement for Disney saying like, "Well, she was paid like this much money anyway, so problems with her." Yeah, like I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So that obviously well, she's just greedy. Yeah, so that obviously like painted Disney like, "What what is wrong with you guys?" That's fucked up to say, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So the article goes about uh, Bob Chapek found himself dealing with issues regarding pay with Scarlett Johansson, one of the company's biggest stars, as well as as well as Disney's battles with Florida and its own employees regarding the state's controversial bill restricting certain LGBTQ topics in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So all so that's not. I mean, that, I mean that doesn't go along with Disney, mm-hmm. and and it sucks because they put somebody in like basically in power. Mm-hmm who was basically just a businessman. Yeah, exactly. So, and of course, a lot of businessmen mm. are Trump supporters and don't believe that, you know, things should be taught in the classroom and Yeah, or they or they're not really pushing forth like progressive thinking or diverse or bringing diverse talent within the company. Um a uh, case in point is uh David Sasloff, who's now CEO of Warner Brothers, you know, his a lot of people are, are accusing him of making the board very white and mm-hmm. like not really pushing for diverse uh content and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i'm sorry to mean to cut you off no that was it um 
so the article continues um uh okay so that in particular we're talking about the whole lgbtq uh, topics in classroom that in particular was a flashpoint for chapex stint at disney in march he was forced to apologize for his silence on florida's controversial bill after initially declining to comment on it chapex spent weeks doing damage control telling employees that disney was increasing our support for advocacy groups to combat similar legislations in other states and the comp and, and that the company is end quote Hard at, hard at work creating a new framework for our political giving uh, that will ensure our advocacy better reflect our reflects our values. Mm. <laughs> you know, is that the only thing they brought up about Florida in this? Um, as in terms with Disney, yes. Okay, because it wasn't just that. Mm. Um. Governor, who's down there? DeSantis, oh, uh, DeSantis mm-hmm. took away their um, their rights to their land. I guess. Oh yeah, that's their special right. tax status or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They basically were their own government. Yeah. Um, and had their own police force and had their own, you know, city council or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they lost that status. And Bob Chapek also did not fight against that either. Mm. There was no fighting. It was yeah. just like nothing like crickets okay yeah and i'm sure then a lot I mean, of people were pissed off about that too because yeah it's been like that for a long long time mm. and obviously it's helped them like grow as a company yeah and depending on like depending on your views on it it can be either way you know if you if you have the argument but within the business of disney that's like no you fucked up there man mm-hmm. like you're not you're supposed to be fighting for this company and to keep certain things rolling forth and stuff like that. I think partially too, they were like, Oh, well, since we have this, let us give back, mm. you know, like the Everglades down there and stuff like mm. they, I think they made sure that some of their money and some of their special status helped like with the conservation efforts and stuff down there. Yeah. So, and, and then there's the whole, there's the whole talks about how certain programs were released straight to streaming instead of giving like um, a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the flub of like Pixar with Buzz Lightyear and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, What's all, that flub? That the movie, the movie should have made more money. Like the advertising wasn't, the advertising wasn't being done correctly mm-hmm. for that. Um also that like the raising the raising prices the theme park there's there's like this there's like this there was this deal i don't know if it's going to happen now since bob Iger is coming in um that you know like you know the what's called like the speed pass or whatever Mm -hmm. the pass that lets you get in front of the line yeah well there was there was something where they were going to be running called like the genie deal where it was affordable for anybody to cut in front of the line Mm -hmm. right but if everybody can afford to cut in the line you're no longer cutting the line. Now you're just in the line because mm-hmm. everybody's buying it. Yeah. Now, I think now, obviously, if you have the money to cut in line, go ahead and use it. But like, if you're doing the lesser one, it's like, what's even the point of all this? You know? Yeah. But I also saw someone talking about it online that was mm. like, they're talking about raising prices again. So basically, the only people that could really afford to go to Disney at mm. all anyways were people who are rich. Yeah. Because even middle class people won't be able to afford it. Yeah. Because, like, I remember you and I went to Disneyland, uh, was it this year or last year? Last year. It was last year. It was, like, July. Yeah, we went to Disneyland last year. 
Um, and for like two tickets, it was like, and there were park park hopping tickets for one day. It was like close to like four hundred dollars or something like that. It was like mm-hmm. some crazy ass amount. And that's why I was like, yeah, this is like once in a while. <laughs> it's like once in a while thing. Like once every ten years. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so as uh, just to kind of give you a history on what Iger has um, done, uh, Iger in the article it says that Iger has an almost mythical status as leader of Disney. He spent fifteen years as CEO. And was instrumental in acquiring major brands like Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm, uh, the home of Star Wars. Uh, Iger also closed the $71 billion deal to buy most of 21st Century's Fox and kicked off the streaming re- uh, revolution that is Disney Plus uh, in November of 2019. Um, even, even though um, Disney Plus is a success in terms of streaming. I think they still lost like a billion dollars last year. Yeah. And I think and I think that's another ding against Chapek of like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Because we're 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 they're producing all this product now mm-hmm. and it needs to have a uh, a return. And then and when it comes to streaming, that still is a difficult thing to like really make money off of it. Cause you gotta get more subscribers, but you can't advertise you can't have advertisers and on it because mm-hmm. that's one of the points of streaming is that you don't have commercials but anymore. they could have done better with their advertising on mm-hmm. other platforms like yeah like i have spectrum tv mm-hmm. i don't see any disney plus um commercials i haven't in almost since just after they started oh really i don't see a lot of disney plus commercials mm. so so Disney, uh, the article goes on and says, Disney said Sunday that Iger has agreed to serve as CEO uh, for two years. And, uh, quote, a mandate from the board is set to uh, set the strategic direction for renewed growth and to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead the company at the completion of his term. Um, Do you think, how old is he? Do you think he's just old, like doesn't want to be a part of it anymore, but he doesn't want to see the company fail? No, from what? From what I heard, they had to, they had to take him out kicking and screaming that he was not ready to leave Disney, and they brought Chapek in. First of all, he's, he's from, from another thing that I heard is now Iger's trying to find out who the fuck wanted it, who the fuck put Chapek in charge, like mm. who really wanted to put Chapek in charge so he can fire them, okay? Because mm. supposedly he didn't want to leave, and another thing was that uh, Iger had already been complaining about JPEG. Like, he's doing all this kind of stuff wrong. And so that's one of the reasons why they brought him back. So why would they only get... Why would they get rid of him? And he only has a two-year term, and obviously he's, like, wants the company to be successful. So mm-hmm. why do you only give him a two-year term? If he doesn't want to leave, fucking mm-hmm. keep him. I don't know. I don't... I, you know, I'm not privy to that information. Maybe, maybe they wanted new blood new ideas or something like that and maybe they thought chapek was the guy which i remember when chapek got announced i was like wait who's this dude and when i looked into it i was like why'd you get that because he because his main thing was running parks mm-hmm. but they pushed him into ceo to essentially run everything like the creative aspect the streaming service pixar like all that kind of stuff which this dude only done has done park work mm-hmm. so that's why i was like why'd you get this guy and then yeah. look what happened. Like Disney lost like billions of dollars over like a year or two or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, um, supposedly Iger 
Iger's co- Iger came in, and I'm already seeing stories that like it's rumored that he's trying to buy something else, so to go under Disney's wing. Mm-hmm. Now, no one knows exactly what it is. Um, at one point, they got close to buying Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, but it was too toxic. <laughs> Yeah. At one point, they were they were close to buying Snapchat, but now Snapchat's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of up in the air. I think like maybe they want to buy a gaming a gaming company. Watch but, it be Nintendo. Oh fuck! Watch it be Nintendo. I don't think that's fucking possible. I think it is because Nintendo's kind of fallen. They're not as great as they used to be. That's true. I actually, I think, I think Nintendo is still on top, as in like their systems uh, for like sales and stuff like that. I think they're still on. I think the what's it called, the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's still on top. Uh, than like the PS4 or I'm sorry, PS4, the PS5 or the Xbox or anything like that. I think it's just because lots of people have kids. I don't think they're mm. like people used to really wait for their fucking games and like mm. want their systems and i think now it's just like oh here you go kid yeah that yeah that's for the nintendo yeah yeah um and then a, a rumor started today the day of this recording that uh a disney insider said that Iger's trying to sell disney what which i don't think is true no i don't, I don't think, think so. it's true because like, think about this. Who the fuck has the money to buy Disney? I don't. I can't think of anybody who's who really like. And the article, the article, um, stipulates that it's Apple. Apple is Apple is an interested party, uh, right? Okay, I could see that. But you, but you got to think of like what they what they have to pay for. Not only are they buying Disney, they're buying Marvel, they're buying Lucasfilm, they're buying Pixar. Okay. Fox. Fo- and they're buying Fox, which got Disney a debt, which I believe from 25 to maybe $45 billion. Mm-hmm. They took Fox's debt to buy that fucking company. Mm-hmm. So who's got, I don't think Apple has the money to, to buy Disney as a whole. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really don't see that. And that's another thing is like... Bob Iger, who's been with the company for 15 years, they had to drag him out kicking and screaming um, from like to, to, to so he can like go go away and stuff like that. Um, why would he come back? And in two years being like, yeah, I just want to sell the company now. That doesn't make any sense. Like Disney is a huge profit now, especially with all their uh, products and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't really make any sense. Right. So. Yeah. I, ho- I hope it's Nintendo. <laughs> you hope it's Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, because I know they're going to do something great with it if it is. Who, Disney? Yeah. So you're saying if Disney buys Nintendo? Yes. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that. They would have their own Mario section in their parks, and I'd be so fucking that down for that. That would be pretty fucking badass. What if they had a Mario Party area where you could play, like, Mario Party? Well, you know Universal's doing that, right? With Mario Party? No, with just Mario. They have, like, a whole, they're having a Mario section. It's not going to be as big. Disney would do it better. Fuck Universal. And I've never been there, but fuck Universal. You were going to take me there, but you took me to Disney instead. Yeah. Costs a lot of money. Now I'm like, all Disney. All Disney? There's no way Universal costs more than Disney. No. 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 It's not as fun, but it's still fun. Universal? 
Universal's fun. I've been there. I've been there quite a few times. You know, I didn't say it wasn't going to be fun. I was just making a joke. No, you were being serious. You're I, just, I like you're, amusement parks. You're like Disney for life, and everything. I even like Six Flags, even though you don't. I. It's not. I don't like Six Flags. I just don't like heights. <laughs> so you don't like amusement parks in general? No, just Six Flags. Geriatric cinematic of Louis Louis Mal's My Dinner with Andre. I think if you could become fully aware of what existed in the cigar store next door to this restaurant, I think it would just blow your brains out. Have a real relationship with a person that goes on for years, well, that's completely unpredictable. See, that's why I think that people have affairs. This film came out in 1981, which is the worst year ever. Um, then the synopsis is, Two old friends meet for dinner as one tells anecdotes detailing his experiences. The other notices their differing worldviews. Directed by Louis Mal. <laughs> uh, written by Wallace Shawn and Gre- Andre Gregory. It stars Andre Gregory as himself and Wallace Shawn as himself. Um, so, yeah. I was going to keep reading. And I the know. Trivia. And the trivia information <laughs> is blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I've, I've never seen My Dinner with Andre. I have heard about it. Um, there is a great episode of Community. Um, I can't remember the title of the episode. Uh, that they essentially spoof My Dinner with Andre. Um, let me see community episode. You know, at first you were like, uh, yeah, this movie, it's just these guys talking during mm-hmm. a dinner. And I was like, oh, that sounds horribly boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode is called, uh, critical film studies. It's in, uh, season two, episode 19 of community. And they essentially like spoof my dinner with Andre. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I did. I was very skeptical about this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, I've heard about it's being good, but I don't know if we are going to enjoy it. Because there, there have been classics that classic films that we've seen. We're just like mm-hmm. that movie don't hold the holes yeah. up, you know, stuff like that. Um, but obviously, you know, no one gives a shit about what I think. The most important thing is, um, what did Kelsey think about this movie? Damn it! You said about this movie. You, if you would have just ended it with, uh, what does Kelsey think? Mm-hmm. Then I would have said that nobody gives a shit about what you think. But you said about this movie, <laughs> uh, so you know, I have to tell you what I think about the movie. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 yeah, what did she think about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie. Why? Why do you like it? Um, it kind of leans into the reason why I like hearing you talk, and it's okay. like, um. I don't necessarily need to have experienced all the things mm-hmm. that other people do, but sometimes people are so into what they're saying mm-hmm. that you can't help but kind of experience it anyway. Yeah, and it it just kind of adds like a light to like a moment or a day or whatever. It, mm-hmm. That even though he was telling his friend all of the things he was experiencing, like. 
Uh, Andre. Andre. Yellowstone you could, Wallace. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was affected by things in different ways. Yeah. Some good ways, some bad ways. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because, um, like I'm a I'm a big fan of people telling stories and not just like oh I went to the store, I got milk, you know, nothing, nothing like dry or drawn on like that. When they when they essentially paint you like a picture, mm-hmm. you know, with with, with their telling you and stuff like that. Um, there's actually been a, there, I remember there was one situation and I and I think about it like every once in a while, where um. My roommate, uh, my roommate Damien, um, would talk about basketball, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not a sports guy at all, you know. But like when he would talk about basketball, I'd be like, you know, you make me want to get into basketball now. Just the way <laughs> how you're like you're talking about it, how you're like really into. It. I'm like, I like that. I really like that. So I get I get what you're saying about like hearing me talking, hearing other people talk, and they're like really into their story, and the Andre character really gets into his stories and kind of like. Like I said, really paints you this whole fucking picture of his whole his, his experience, or even just the excitement. It doesn't even have to be a whole story, but just the mm. excitement around something. Yeah, because I know it was funny. I told you one time I was like, "Yeah, I, went, I did swing dancing one night randomly with like this youth group that my ex boyfriend had me get into, uh-huh. and and I really liked it. And um, you know, they were they didn't believe that it was my first time ever doing it, but I wasn't yeah. great, but I was definitely didn't seem novice. Yeah. And then we went to Clifton's and you were totally all about it. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I remember you telling me about that. And I in my mind I'm like, wait, what? Like <laughs> Swing when, dancing. When, what? Did, when did this happen? Why why? Why are you not still doing it? You know, like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And yeah, we went out and I I think that was just kinda like uh, what's it called? Um, I, uh, in the moment kind of thing. Like, hey, let's go to Clifton and see what's happening. Oh shit, it's swing night. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which we, we had a good time. Um, like to the point yeah. we were thinking we were gonna do classes, which we never did. But yeah, pandemic. But we should we should actually get into. It. I wouldn't mind doing that. I would feel I I kind of feel bad because the guy. There was a guy there who does swing dance, and he was dancing with a bunch of people, and he even, he even like, took me and let me swing in and everything like that, even to the point where I was like, ah, like laughing like an idiot, because I enjoyed it, but I felt like I was stepping on his feet quite a lot. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so... I mean, this is this is not like a, a conventional movies where a conventional movie where like there are multiple scenes and like an actual like, um, like plot, plot or act one, act two, act three, and stuff like that. It's really like just two people talking, you know, and just dissecting life and he- hearing their different viewpoints and stuff like that. Um, so obviously, we're not gonna go in the conventional way of like, what do you think of the acting and the writing and stuff like that? Even though I think I think we can focus on the writing because mm-hmm. I think some of the writing is really fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. um so what did you what did you think about the writing i thought the writing was great because Mm -hmm. there's a way that's about talking that's Mm -hmm. really hard to capture i think in writing Mm -hmm. and that's the organic flow from one topic to another yeah without there being a break yeah you know the way people talk and it just goes from one area to another and then sometimes you wonder how did i get here Mm mm-hmm it, it did that flawlessly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that actually kind of, I think that goes well to, um, 
I guess we can touch up a little bit on the acting. I think it goes well into the performance from Wallace Shawn and Andre uh, Andre Gregory. Um, that they're like you would think that they're playing themselves, but they're doing characters caricatures of themselves. Um, but it works really well that you're convinced, like, oh, these these, these you almost swear like these are just two guys having a conversation, and you just they just. So happen to have a camera there mm-hmm. as like the conversation keeps like evolving further and further and further. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Lewis Mall. Hmm. I don't know. Any thoughts on the directing? I mean, there was that, that monologue scene in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not really a monologue. It was like an inner dialogue. Yeah. Like where he's walking. Uh-huh. I almost feel like it was, was it written that way or did he just direct it that way? The the inner monologue? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, and so that, I mean, uh, my issue at all, if I have any issue at all, is that in the beginning. Because I just felt like um, it was just like a lot of exposition dump, okay. kind of, in a way, like. You get the background, but it was done in a really um, boring way. No wonder why I like this guy's work. He did this French film called Elevator to the Gallows. Mm. That movie, that that was a French New Wave film. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. That is a brilliant ass movie. I actually put that on our list, too, of movies you need to watch. Um, Yeah, that... <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I I get the point why we had that intro mm-hmm. with the inner the inner monologue and everything like that. It did it did seem kind of out of place, but I I get why it was there to like set up everything to get to the point. Well, also was, they didn't want to add any other characters yeah. really, mm. so you have to do an internal monologue. Otherwise, you have to add another person that you're talking to. Yeah, and I think they just wanted to keep it between these two guys. Mm-hmm. Um. But I still think it could. I liked how poetic it was. It wasn't yeah. the writing itself. I think it was just. I uh, don't care yet. <laughs> yeah, I get you. It was kind of like a cold start. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, is there any part of the discussion that that uh, really stuck to you? I don't know. I'm really bad with remembering what people are talking about. Mm. But what I can really get into is how it made me feel okay um and so i'll like it kind of went through phases where um in the beginning it was like oh i did these great things and everything was great and you know i learned a lot of things and then Mm. he started to kind of get into like almost like mental health issues Mm -hmm. and um and kind of how everyone else was still thinking things were great when he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed that. Like, it wasn't just someone talking about how great everything was. And, like, it actually got pretty real. Oh, you're talking about um, from Wallace's point of view? No, from Andre's. Oh, okay. Because he was the one having the experiences, right? Yeah, he was the one having the experience. But I felt like they were going back and forth between have, having things that are like how things are real and how 
how it's kind of like in this fantasy of like everything's fine and dandy, like sugar and candy and everything like that. They were, but mostly at the towards the end, I think. Yeah. But I think Andre was the one who was like, no, like everyone tells me that I look great, but I, I'm not okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that's when it really started to get dark, I think. And, mm. um, and that's what I like about it. Cause like, I can't remember anything that really stuck out about what was said, but mm. mostly how they made the audience feel. Okay, um, because I have because um, I ha- I have the Wikipedia page up. Um, there's like one part of the conversation where he start where Andre starts talking about um, hanging out with a director uh, Jerry uh, Kurowski um, and a group of Polish uh, actors in the forest in Poland, mm-hmm. and how like, it's this weird kind of like hippy dippy kind of thing where like they're hanging out they're doing drugs they're like experiencing through the forest and they're dancing and singing and stuff like that mm-hmm. but that's like there's like no dialogue because they they can't speak the language like he andre can't speak the language as with these people mm-hmm. um and it's kind of oh and also what happens with like him in the his trip to the sahara and everything like that um to create a play based off a little princess right mm-hmm. um so that part, I was like really digging on that conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. there have been tons of people who I've met in life and have who's who's experienced this, and I've kind of experienced this as well. Like I remember going to like these outdoor parties, like out in the forest, out in the desert, out in the warehouse, you know, like these weird places where you're taking these psychedelics and you're experiencing like life in these like weird, fascinating ways like that, right? Um, and the Walls character like points out like normal people can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like you're almost getting them from a place of like privilege and shit like that. Yeah. And there are people like who I've known who's gone overseas who experienced that life, and I'm just like I can never do that because guess what? I don't have that privilege like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the some parts of that conversation I was really fucking feeling like Wallace's side of the argument. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um. I thought it was funny how um, Wallace's character was like, he loves his family. It was weird that he left. Yeah. But it, it it's like, I guess that's like how things look on the outside. Because the way Andre was talking, she was totally okay with anywhere he was going, whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just came back and I think he wanted to be closer with his family afterwards. So what's your take on, do you have a take on that? I think my take is that most people think that when one person leaves another, mm-hmm. even though their relationship is okay, that they are going to sit there and say that something isn't okay with the relationship because the one person left mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Yeah. And it's like, my my take is that there's there's always got to be support from both sides. Yeah. And you could do whatever you want. As long as you're yeah. not hurting each other. Yeah. And I tell you, I think that that's, <laughs> I, that, that's definitely applied. And that actually can be applied on the flip side as well. Where, um, where Wallace, let's just say, for example, Wallace could have looked at Andre and been like, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, Andre could have been like, no, everything's great. Everything's everything is wonderful you know my wife's okay with me leaving and all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. but and it's like 
and I, what I'm bringing this to is like how people are on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, whatever, that they're like, this is the greatest life ever. I love my husband. I love my kids or I love my wife and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're advertising this like great life. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, it's like garbage. Yeah. It's like complete shit and everything like mm-hmm. that. So it's like you can make an argument for like both sides that like people, people will have this preconceived notion of you no matter what you give or how you represent yourself. Yeah. There's always this idea. And like, like I said, like the Wallace character really had this idea of like, I don't understand how he like loves his family. Why would he leave? He was already looking at this like very negative side of it. Mm-hmm. And Andre was just like, no, everything's fine, man. Like we're good. Yeah. But I thought was like, <laughs> that's very revealing. Cause this movie came out in 1981 and mm-hmm. we're in 2022. That mm-hmm. still is the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's just now we just, we advertise it on social media accounts. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very interesting. But I feel like it's a little bit of a different connotation, uh, one way versus the other, mm-hmm. where you tend to take people for their word that things are good. Yeah. Because they're telling you that. But on the other end, mm-hmm. if people are doing their own thing, you're just assuming mm, yeah. not what they're telling you. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think this movie might be a little bit ahead of its time. Oh, absolutely. Um, just because of the ways in which they're able to like portray the life experiences of people and like mm-hmm. how they're able to like um I don't know, like not just talk about themselves, but like mm-hmm. The ways they can get into how people feel, because I don't think at that time people were really talking about their feelings that much. Even oh yeah, still yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? This just made me think about. That just made me rethink about the ending. Now, I'm sorry, not the end of the beginning of the movie where the Wallace Shawn or Wallace Shawn is like doing the inner monologue. And he's and there is. I realized that it was really, it was really a setup for the character mm. you know because i remember during during the inner monologue he's like talking about like oh when i was young you know i had this plan i was going to do this <clears throat> you know i i was i was pretty successful as a playwright now uh you know out of college now i can't really make any money i'm actually like living off my girlfriend's paycheck and this this, and that and everything right and he's like this struggling artist and then here comes andre who seems to have not a care in the fucking world, you know, and he's like going off, you know, on these like whimsical adventures and shit like that, these psychedelic trips and everything. And he's like creating plays and stuff like that. And he's very like, just like, and he gets to a point where he just like, you can swear that he was almost miserable to like do it mm-hmm. where like Wallace would probably like kill for like the opportunity that this guy is given or whatever he's taken and shit like that. But it's funny because even though Wallace is on one side, who's mm-hmm. like, I wish I had what you have. Mm-hmm. And Andre is coming from the other side about it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. They both were able to come to the same conclusions in the middle. And what, what was, uh, what was that? Basically how people, you know, treat each other or mm-hmm. how real things are. And, um, I just felt like they were able to meet in the middle. Yeah. I, I yeah. Like they, they discussed it and, you know, they didn't agree with each other the entire way. But by the time the end of the movie came, they're like, 
Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, they yeah they could completely understand like each point of view. Like okay, like I they can they can what's it they can uh, not agree to disagree, but they can just look at it and be like, all right, I see your point of view. That's cool. Like we're fine. Yeah. Um, which I wish I wish that can happen now. Well, it happens to us all the time. No, 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 no. It happens to us, <laughs> but like not to like the world. Yeah, I know everyone's right all the time. Yeah, we, we, it's either I'm right and you're wrong, or you're wrong and I'm still right. You know, shit like that, or I'm wrong and I'm still right. I'm you know? wrong, but you're wronger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's like that's 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 what like a, a lot of arguments have have come to, um, where. The the idea of someone else's perspective or being in someone else's shoes is like almost totally gone now. Mm-hmm. Where in dinner in my dinner with Andre, like you said, like they have two viewpoints, two lifestyles, but they're like, I'm not a part of it, but I understand it. I understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't do that now. No, they don't, and uh, I have a bunch of different theories on it. Okay. Um. I feel like it's weird because we're like a nation that's sort of like moved in reverse. Yeah, I feel like we're going backwards too, yeah. But we're going, it's like, it's like those music videos where the scenery is going forward, but the person's going backwards at Mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's that. Like, prostitution used to be legal. Yeah. And then it wasn't legal. Yeah. And then we went through like a period of like being like conservative and like... Mm -hmm you know, being appropriate and shit. And now we're going back to like a bunch of shit's not appropriate. I mean, is appropriate now. And like, Mm. I don't know. It's like this weird idea that we're slowly letting go of our values, but also kind of, um, maybe going, maybe gathering the wrong values in an extreme way. But we're knuckling down on the ones that are really awful. Yeah. Yeah. While still saying that they're done in, like with virtue. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like how it it's it's that argument of people now saying like I wish I could go back to the to the good old days. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, the good old days were for you. The good old days were good for you because you were either insensitive, racist, or you're uh, homophobic. Mm-hmm. You know that's what you consider the good old days. And like we've gone past that where like now everything's acceptable. Oh, not now. Said not now. We've gone to this era where people are being more acceptable of who they are, their sexuality, their personality. They're being understanding, you know, of their mental issues and stuff like that. And then we're going back. We're going reverse again. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've got the Uno car where we're like back again and shit like that. Oh, yeah. To like, no, fuck your feelings. Yeah. Like that kind of way. Yeah. Um. And and not just that, but it's like the fact that the world accepts these people that were not accepted even uh, 20, 30 years ago mm-hmm. has pissed off the people who weren't accepting it. Yeah. Even more. So things are getting, it's like, um, it's like when Obama was elected. Mm-hmm. And how pissed off so many people were. <laughs> yeah, so they like so. So they make everything worse. They're like, oh, everything's gonna go to shit. And it's like, yeah, because you're gonna make it go to shit. Yeah, we're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna hunker down harder and go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump got elected. Now he's running again, but like it looks like 
John DeSantis from uh, Florida. Ron DeSantis? Sorry, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Fuck, whatever. Ron DeSantis from the governor of Florida is supposedly going to be the pick for the Republican Party. Mm. And his his ideology and values are shit. Mm-hmm. And, and opposed to like a progressive thinking mm-hmm. and like equality and stuff like that. But we've got, we're, we're becoming this nation where people are like, they're either A, I don't want to vote because it doesn't matter, which is full of shit. Mm-hmm. Or B, um, I'm not going to say anything until like the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 like say shit now. Yeah. <laughs> Before it hits the fan. It doesn't need to hit the fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's it's funny because like my my dinner with Andre kind of like covers like into that whole thing about values and stuff like that as well. I don't think it touched on it heavy enough um, because I think that's like that been way too serious of a conversation. Well, <laughs> the, the same thing is you were talking about privilege, mm-hmm. and and so that's the other reason why I think think things are so fucked right now mm-hmm. is because um, like think about my neighbors. They Which don't. Ones? Two number two apartment two. Okay. I feel like education is a huge, huge part, and like money is a huge part of mm-hmm. what air quotes civilized society is. Yeah. And when you end up with people who clearly don't make any money and they're clearly uneducated, they're assholes. Yeah. Not everybody. I'm not saying everybody is, but those people certainly are. Yeah. And so it just feels like a a cycle where like people who make money Mm. and who have different etiquette and a way of thinking, Mm. even though they're not always right, um, you know, they get more and more upset with how people who don't make money Mm. are behaving or what, you know, what they're doing. And it's like you're creating that problem because you're not contributing you're not to, contributing to their well-being in, in any yeah. any way yeah if, if you're not and also you're taking from them because you're not paying your taxes yeah you're yeah you're taking from them and then certain things certain things can't be accessible to people who can't afford it or certain things become less accessible mm-hmm. because they don't have the means to get to it and then either their education drops or um, I'm sorry their IQ drops or their common courtesy drops and stuff like that mm-hmm. like just whether you become jaded you could become jaded yeah yeah just, or or your parents before you didn't have any money and now mm-hmm. this is just how you are yeah and it's and it's and it's not like a level of like forethought in your decision making like um going back to uh going going back to what kelsey said in her, in her apartment complex the neighbor had called the cops on me and it didn't need to get to that situation. I wasn't doing anything illegal or anything like that, but she just used that as a as a, as a quick method of like offense. Like yeah. I'm gonna call the cops on you. Like I like what? I didn't even do anything. Like nothing like that, right? No, she would rather believe her child. Look, I don't care how much you love your child. <laughs> all children fucking lie. Yeah, yeah. Just the just all kind of, of them. Just to kind of paint a bigger picture of it and everything. The um. A kid who I had who I had seen from a distance this entire time coming to this apartment had had interacted as much as like hi and that's it had said that I pushed her out of the way just so I can get by and I you know I know I know I say like I say like fuck them kids and stuff like that and that's more like isn't a joke you know 
Um, I know the importance of children and the safety of them and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so when this kid said that, which, mind you, I was no way near that kid. Yeah. You know, and these kids have been known to, like, cause a ruckus to like lie and all that kind of stuff and not having even common courtesy because that's not even taught to them by their parents um kid is tells the mom and i'm like excuse me like when did like that that never happened and immediately just like calling the cops well it's funny because whenever that was supposed to have happened Mm -hmm. it was the next day after you went over there to talk to them Mm -hmm. that they called the cops on you yeah like if it was something that you thought really happened why didn't you call the cops when it happened? Yeah, like immediately and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And and ever since and ever since then, now mind you this um this woman has I guess a husband? Yeah. Or boyfriend or something like that who's like the father of the kid. Which if there was a, such a such an incident to happen, then it would not have been the end of it. Mm-hmm. But the next day it was like it was like it never happened. Yeah. So now I'm just like 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 fuck you <laughs> like straight up yeah um but that goes but see there you go that goes back into the lesser educated individual you know to mm-hmm. back to kind of bring it home and stuff like that where in this world where where minorities are being killed disproportionately by cops mm-hmm. you know a cop showed up and i you know whenever a cop showed up I, I'm, I'm, I'm again two modes. I get one of two modes. Either like, all right, like, do not fucking hurt me because I, I like my skin is not my skin is not the one that you like, or like, all right, let me try to be calm and cool as fuck as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So the cop shows up and I'm just like, oh hey, like I guess we're expecting you, right? And he's just like, him and I are talking, and he's just and luckily it wasn't just some white dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, talking back and forth and stuff like that. And he was like, all right, I'm gonna go talk to the parent. And they'll, they when they go talk to the parent, they're like, they, they said that you shove the kid, but like, there's no bruising. There's like nothing wrong, like nothing. So like, I, I can tell him, I can tell he wanted to say like, I don't even know why they called me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my thinking is like, um, people, I think people are just expected to accept their reality and then mm-hmm. you, they get shit on for accepting their reality Yeah, then they, and they're not able to make it better. Yeah, they get shut off and not accepting the reality, and then they get angrier, and then it just kind of like trickles down. Yeah, you know, the next person gets gets the the brunt of it. Yeah, I so I I felt like this movie didn't get that hard into it, like you said about the other issue, but um, he definitely touched upon it a little bit, where he was like, he makes a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not making any money at all, and. You know, you know I, he I, wants to go I, eat at this fancy place, and he never wanted to eat at fancy places before. Yeah, I'm creative. I can do this. I don't understand why I'm not Andre. You know, yeah. I don't understand why I'm not a success. You know, yeah. Um. So all in all, um, do you think this movie holds up? Yes. I totally agree with you on it holding up. Because uh, the conversation, because I remember you and I were watching this. We were having a few drinks, but we were watching this. And we were stop. It was like when we watched Waking Life. Yeah, exactly. We would stop and talk to each other like, are we even going to finish this movie tonight? <laughs> it was good. It was, I was really enjoying our talks. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it holds up. I definitely think, fuck, everybody should be watching this movie. Especially like if you really want to see a movie where it's two people talking and you're just fully engaged in this conversation. Yeah. Um, it gets kind of philosophical, but not in a like 
pretentious kind of way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And also, mm. the only other thing I'll say is that some of the mental imagery gave me was like overly saturated mm. uh, TV shows or movies from like the 60s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I felt like it was like, I don't know, how uh, Small World at Disneyland could mm. be like overly animated or whatever you know it's fucking dated yeah, stimulating shit yeah yeah i get you like with his time in the woods i'm like oh fuck <laughs> it, like it feels like the 60s to me yeah yeah exactly um all right is there anything else no all right so that can be that's gonna be our show for this week uh we would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show uh we would especially like to thank the folks over at your entertainment corner for hosting this podcast on their website uh you can find all your film news tv news and reviews at your um you can find our podcast on all podcast catchers we're all over the place uh don't be afraid to review us on whatever podcast you're listening you are on or don't be afraid to drop us a, a email at the real pill at gmail.com that's real with two e's um so next week, uh, we're going to be back. Uh, we are going to be reviewing Steven Spielberg's latest film, uh, The Fablemans, uh, which is in theaters today. On the day of this recording, the 23rd, it's on a wider release at the theaters. Um, with that, our geriatric cinematic will be uh, 1994's Ed Wood, the Tim Burton-directed film. Uh, that is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the Turpic of that week will be uh, world, World's Worst versus World's Best. <laughs> I like it. Um, I would like to uh, remind everybody uh, who's listening to have a safe Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving. If you, ce- if you celebrate it, if, if not whatever it's cool no judgment uh i especially like to say be safe out there to people who are deep frying their turkeys (laughs) i saw this video Mm, excuse me i saw this video today of people trying to deep fry their turkey and they would have it like on a rope Uh and slowly drop it into the into the fryer Mm -hmm. and it was just like Fill, fill with um, the turkey and whatever. It would displace the oil. It would displace the oil and then a fire would just... It's like... Well, because people also don't know that you're not supposed to put a frozen turkey in hot oil because it basically explodes. Yeah, and I you, I saw that and I'm like... I... Like, if I were... If I were to invite, invite it to a Thanksgiving party where they're deep frying a turkey... Mm. I would walk in there half expecting to see a fireball come out. <laughs> this shit didn't look safe at all. I'm very curious what it tastes like, though. It's really good. Have you had deep fried turkey? Yeah. So when I was working at UPS, they uh-huh. they were like they made Thanksgiving dinner basically for us, and um, like my boss was outside with a bunch of different like uh, fryers and stuff, and he made the turkey. That shit was good, huh? Yeah, it was really good. There was one time I had a deep fried turkey, but it was, it wasn't really deep fried. It was like air no, fried. <laughs> I think I don't know if it was. I don't know, but like it was, because my my it was, it was well, my brother had thrown a Thanksgiving party at his place, but he had like three different types of turkeys, mm-hmm. 
and one of them was supposed to be deep fried, but it wasn't really deep fried. No, no, it was smoked. It was supposed to be oh. smoked. But really, all it was was like him putting some smoke flavor water oh. and, then, and then cooking it like that. And it, it didn't taste good. It tasted like it tasted like dry ash. <laughs> well, we should do a fried turkey sometime. How about you do it? I watch. I'm. I don't know. Seeing those, seeing those fireballs. I'm like. Well, I, would I don't think like we fire. should do it away from the apartment. Yeah. But I would still want to do it. Just do it out in the open field. Yeah. Like, with none Seriously, but di- I was none thinking, but dirt. Yeah. I was thinking about the park down the road. Oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Next to the school. <laughs> uh, on Thanksgiving, a uh, school was set on fire. <laughs> <laughs>